0: I'd like to welcome and introduce our hey, and speaker, hey, Michael. So formal. <laughs> <I> know, <right>? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Heather. Hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to see all of you. I think the coffee's kicking in, it's energetic. Hey, so as Heather was saying, uh, we've been in a series uh, called the, the Church in Motion. And uh, uh, um, it's amazing to me how many small groups are going through the book of Acts right now? Nah, is that, what was that? I got a heckler already. But uh, um, I'm amazed at how many of our groups are going through the book of Acts. And I think one of the cool things about the book of Acts is it reads like a story. I mean, Luke did a great job. It's just such an easy read. And, you know, as we've been going through it, sort of the key point so far has been Acts 2. There's the, the Holy Spirit is poured out at Pentecost where God, you know, as he promised comes to live. Uh, uh, in, his, in his followers, and, and then on that same day when that happens, there's this, you know, just this amazing thing, the church is, is, is birthed, and this, you know, this young church goes from like 100 plus or whatever it was, to 3,000 plus, like in hours, there's just lots of favor on this church, and what we're going to look at today is, uh, in Acts 4, is this new church for the first time is going to face opposition. Right? They're doing what Jesus said to do, they're being, you know, they're being witnesses, they're telling about Jesus, and now there's pushback. And one of the things we see in the Bible is that uh, the Bible doesn't hide the fact that if you're going to say yes to Jesus and want to you know, follow him and be more and more like him, you're going to have pushback in your life. It's not like the, you know a size 3 font down the corner, it's pretty front and center and there's a there's a one of the letters that Paul wrote uh, to Timothy you know Paul's this incredible uh, church planter going around planting all these churches and he he, uh, uh, he sort of installs Timothy as a pastor a young pastor in this church and he's writing this letter to Timothy and he's, sa- he's talking about all the persecution all the pushback all the opposition he's been facing you know in all these different cities and it's almost like he pauses and he says this 2nd Timothy 3 he says in fact Everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. It's just, in the Bible, it is so clear. And he doesn't tell us that so that we're going to be afraid. He tells us that so that we will be aware that uh, when you say yes to Jesus, you've entered into a battle. And remember, uh, is it two weeks ago now? When Derek Morphy was here, he talked about a lot about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. And there's this, there are these kingdoms in conflict. And, and literally, as the kingdom of God breaks into the kingdom of Satan and, and, you know, and rescuing people from darkness into light, and there's a real battle going on. And so uh, God wants us to be aware, and this is in your notes, he wants us to be aware that there's another team on the field. I remember years ago... <coughs> Whoop, that's going to sound great on the recording. <laughs> I'm uh, Okay, I didn't just blow a hole in the side of my cheek. But uh, <clears throat> that was funny to me. Because uh, I did that once, right? Got a puck in the face. But anyway, that's another story. But uh, where was I? Years ago, <laughs> when Helen and I were first married, uh, this is back in Western Canada. We were in this church, and we were in a small group in the church. And we went to this, uh, I, I, it was like a farm, like a rehab farm for it was for men you know uh, dealing with addictions there's a lot of men there that were coming out of prison it was a lot of you know some real rough tough uh, characters there and we went as a small group to go and and do a service at this farm and we went and we were worshiping with these guys and we're you know telling all about Jesus and lots of stories etc and then we we got to pray for a bunch of these men and after that meeting we were walking down, there's a bit of a, this grassy hill down to their dining room. We were gonna have some snacks and we're all walking down there and out of nowhere, this guy comes walking up and comes right up to me and I thought, I thought I was gonna have to fight this guy. He comes right up into my face and he goes, who do you think you are? And he just starts attacking me with words and I'm standing there thinking, well, you know, as a disciple, is this when I call down fire from heaven? Lord, is this, do I finally get to push the red button? You know, it's like, <clears throat> but... That was opposition. We were in a place where the enemy wants to keep these men imprisoned, right? And we're going in there, and we're, we're, we're telling the story of Jesus, the truth, the great liberator who wants to set you free, and the enemy's like, I don't like that, and he's pushing back. And I remember as this guy was you know, <clears throat> getting in my face, this thought went through my mind. Well, I'm not coming back here ever again. And isn't that how the enemy works? Right, when he pushes back, he wants to shut us down. I mean, do you realize that this morning when you got up, the enemy, he didn't want you to be here today. Right, hey, is that a leaf just blew across the driveway? Storms are coming, you better stay, right? It's like, he doesn't want you to be here. He doesn't want you to be part of a small group. He doesn't want you to pray. The enemy opposes you praying. You praying with your friends, you praying with your spouse, you praying with your, your kids, he doesn't want you to do it. <clears throat> he doesn't want you to get to know your neighbors. He doesn't want you to, you know, at work or wherever you go. He doesn't want you to pray for anybody. He strongly opposes that. He doesn't want you to be generous with your time, generous with your money. <clears throat> he opposes that. And he would rather have a church, <clears throat> excuse me, he would rather have a church sitting on the bench than being in the game. And so he, he, he opposes us. He attacks us. And, you know, he pushes back to discourage, to shake us. You know, he wants us to be afraid. He wants to wear us down to get us back on the bench. <clears throat> and my hunch today is that there are many people here who you're weary. And you may, it may not be physical. It's, it's more like it, it's in your soul. You're just weary. You've been reaching out to your neighbors. You've been trying to be a disciple. You've been trying to love on people. You've been trying to, you know, as you go to work, as you're walking through the store, you've been trying to listen. God, is there anyone you want me to encourage today? Right? And the enemy has been opposing you. And you're, you're weary. But well, what we're going to see today <clears throat> in this story is that God uh, has not only provided for us to stand in this, in, in this fight that we're in, but he's actually provided for us to to, to really advance and to thrive in this battle that we're in. So let's pray, and I'll get something to drink. And hey, as we pray today, it was, it was brought to my attention, and I saw this earlier, the St. John Newman just down the street, they're having this weekend a uh, healing service where they're praying for healing. So let's just pray for them that, that God would just do some really cool stuff. So Lord, um, <clears throat> we do, just right off the bat, we thank you for St. John Newman. Uh, it's a great church. Thank you for Father David, and just... We pray today that just as their, their cool billboard says, uh, that there would be lots of healings, that there would be signs and wonders at that church today. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified uh, there today, that you would push back the darkness and just come with your power and your light. Lord, and we ask the same here. Uh, you know what I'm gonna say, and you know who's here. You know what we need, and I pray that you would come just uh, and be personal with everyone here today. Come encourage, instruct uh, just do what you want to do, Lord. We trust you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, uh, Acts chapter four. Ah, that's better. <clears throat> so last weekend, Danny, uh, in Acts chapter three, you remember? Uh, he's looking at it. such a there's such a cool story where Peter and John are going to the temple to pray, and remember they come and here's a a man that's been you know that's lame and he's he's begging. Uh, uh, for money and there's this you know that famous interaction where Peter looks at him and hey, I don't have any money But what I do have I give you in the name of of Jesus walk and the guy gets up and he's healed and just think you know It says uh, that this guy was you know more than 40 years old So who knows when his parents dropped him off at the temple to beg? I mean he could have been five right he could have been there for years and years how many people the temple in Jerusalem was the center of the community Right, how many people would have known or been familiar with this man and to see him now standing there fully healed? I mean, the temple that day was lit up. People were so excited, so amazed at what was going on. But what we're going to see now in Acts 4 is that uh, not everyone was happy about what was going on. So let's read Acts chapter 4 verse 1 says this. <clears throat> The next day the rulers the elders and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, "By what power or what name did you do this?" We'll stop there. So number one in your notes is this. Number one is the enemy works, the enemy works to intimidate. How does he push us back? How does he wear us down? He intimidates us. And talk about intimidating. When we look at this passage, here are Peter and John coming before you know, these religious leaders. I mean, I mean these are, some of these are familiar names to us Annas, you know, Caiaphas. These are some pretty big dudes. And know that in, in their time, this, this group of leaders, these religious leaders, in their eyes and in the eyes of most of the people, they're, uh, the Jewish people, they saw these men as representatives of God. Right? These, these were the these were the you know, like, like the spokesmen for God. And, and add to that, what, like two months plus before this happened, this same group sentenced Jesus to death. Right? So this is a pretty serious truth. Talk about intimidation. Talk and listen how the enemy literally speaks through these men to intimidate Peter and John. I mean, they basically look at them. You know, uh, they were disturbed because they were teaching in the temple. It's like they look at Peter and John and they go, who do you think you are? Who are you to teach in the temple? Were the teachers in the temple. You don't teach in the temple. And, you know, and, and how did you pull this, you know, this healing off? I mean, whose name did you call on? What power, what sorcery did you use to accomplish this? Like, who do you think you are? See, and it's this intimidation that the that the enemy uses to drive us back, because he wants to shut us down. So I guarantee, on a daily basis, you'll face stuff like, like, who are you to tell someone about Jesus, right? And he'll he'll give you a list. Here's all the reasons why you're disqualified. Did you go to seminary? Well, no, I never really. I'm, a, I'm a, you know I'm an electrician. I never really thought, right? And it, he wants to shut you down. Who are you? Uh, who are you to pray for someone? Oh, you're not at that level yet. <laughs> Who are you to go and knock on your neighbor's door and initiate a conversation? Who are you, you know, to teach kids in Sunday school? Who are you, I mean, it just goes on and on. Who are you to be a missionary, right? Who are you to, 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 to uh, lead a small group? He intimidates us because he wants to shut us down. He wants us to stay on the bench. And I think, I don't think it's always this way. But, but I'm convinced that one of the, uh, the enemy's tactics is that he is going to intimidate you in the area that God wants to function through you. Does that make sense? Right? So you're like, you know, uh, we, we pray for the sick all the time here. And we really believe that God heals. Right? And so you're like, your faith has grown. And on the weekends, you're up here and you're praying for people. And you're like... I can do this and so you're you know in your neighborhood you're talking to your neighbor over the fence and and you're like he's saying oh man my back oh my, and you go hey can I pray for you and you're praying for people and you just see this confidence and, and you see God using you right to pray for people well what a coincidence suddenly it seems like you or or one of your kids is constantly fighting sickness huh what a coincidence or you're like you know uh, uh, you're finding increasingly in your life that you get into conversations with people you know, people at work, total strangers at Starbucks, or and, and you don't even have to manipulate the conversation, but it always seems to go where you're telling, uh, talking about Jesus. And you're sharing your story. You're saying, well, let me tell you how Jesus became real to me. Like, it just seems like it's effortless. And you're, right, you're having all these conversations. And then suddenly, you start having like this black cloud over you. And you have this thing going on in your mind of just, there's just this incredible sense of doubt comes out of nowhere. You're doubting, you know, your relationship with Jesus. You're doubting his activity in your life. What a coincidence. Or maybe it's, you know, maybe it's you've decided to start giving more right? Give, uh, giving more of your money. You're like, I'm going to financially, I'm going to commit to the church to give. Excuse me. I'm spitting. That means it's good. You're committed, really, but I wouldn't want to be in the front row. Uh, you're going to give to missionaries, right? Or I want to I get involved in my community. I want to be generous with my money in my community. Or just random strangers. I want to be one of those people that just gives. And, and, you, know, and you just seem like you're, you're just having all these opportunities. And then suddenly that car that you used to call Old Faithful just keeps breaking down. I mean, it's so much like the enemy to, to go after you in the area that God's saying, come on, come on, I've made you for this. And, you know, I, one of the areas that I think he goes after all of us on is the area of identity. Like that, that question, who do you think you are? I think that's such a foundational uh, front in this battle. You know, it's interesting to me that Jesus, you know, Jesus is getting ready to, to to go into one of his big battles with the enemy, and his you know father his father knows this, and so he's given him a pep talk. And uh, uh, you know, you're familiar with this story. The, you know, when Jesus goes into the wilderness forty days where he's fasting and the enemy. I mean, they just have they have this battle in the, in the wilderness, and it was and so his father, looking at Jesus, knowing he's going into this battle, and you know, wanting to get him ready for it, does he look at him and say? Now, now, Jesus, before you go into this battle, I want you to remember, you are the strongest. There's no one stronger than you, right? You, you're just, you're like, I mean, you hold it all on your shoulders. You are strong, Jesus. Don't ever forget that, right? Does he say that, or does he say, Jesus, as you, you know, go into this battle, don't forget, you're the smartest. You know everything. I mean, like, Jeopardy, He'd be loaded, right? Don't forget that, Jesus. What does he say to him, right? You know the story I'm talking about. What does he say to him as he gets ready to go into battle? He says, Jesus, don't forget, you're my boy. You're my son, right? Matthew three seventeen. Jesus comes up out of the water. He's just been baptized and a voice from heaven. His father says from heaven, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased, right? That's his pep talk. Jesus, I love you. You're my boy. I am so proud of you. Now off you go. And see, the thing that I love about God and just, and being a follower of Jesus is that he's not just looking for servants. He wants, he's looking for sons and daughters, right? To get on his team, you don't have to try out, you know, you get adopted into his team, right? As sons and daughters. And You know, here's a question I have. And just what I was saying is look back on this last week and think about this. How has the enemy been intimidating you? How has he been opposing or pushing back uh, against you? Has it been in this area of identity where there's like he's just those subtle little whispers of, yeah, you know, uh, you, nah, you can't ask for forgiveness because didn't you just ask for forgiveness for that yesterday? Yeah, that's not for you. You're used up, right? Or, or, you know, somehow how he lies and wants to separate you that you're not in the family. You're not welcome at your father's table anymore, right? How has he been attacking you? Or has it been in, you know, you've been stepping out and, you know, maybe you've been reaching out to one of your neighbors and you had, maybe you had him over for dinner, and then it seems like the next day it just gets awkward all of a sudden and they're avoiding you and you're like, what's going on? Or, you know, you've been praying for someone at work and now it seems like the boss uh, uh, has it in for you. See, that's the enemy. He wants to get you back on the bench. And, and that's what he's doing to Peter and John through these leaders. He's just going at them, intimidating them. So how do Peter and John respond? Let's keep reading. Acts 4:8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they, the religious leaders, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. We'll stop there. Now, you know, I look at this and I go, where's that coming from? Right, Peter, he's getting up there and just he's just letting them have it. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Isn't this Peter who like two months previously was standing by a fire, remember, as Jesus was arrested? And Peter got intimidated by a servant girl, right? Isn't that the same Peter? And now we see him standing up in front of, I mean, the very guys that sentenced Jesus to death and he's going, you, he's just right right in their face. And what's got into Peter, right? That leads to number two in your notes, great segue. Number two is this, uh, the promised power. It's not what, it's who. Who's caught into Peter? It's the promised power, and it's interesting to me that Luke, in, in verse 8, uh, just before we get into what Peter says, he, he doesn't say, then Peter took a big breath and said, right? Luke is making a statement. In fact, all through Acts, Luke is making a statement, and, he, and what does he say? Then Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke is screaming at us. You want to know where this is coming from? It's not like Peter read a great self-help book. Right? This is the Holy Spirit. This is the promised power. What you're seeing, people, you know, in, in this story is what Jesus promised would happen. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit and he's going to empower you. He's going to empower us to be his witnesses. And I wonder, as, you know, as they're standing in that you know, before the religious leaders and they're saying that, I wonder if uh, some of the words of Jesus uh, that he had spoken to them a long time before this, I wonder if they're going through their minds. There was, a, uh, there was a time where Jesus was, you know, all his disciples are gathered around him and he's talking about the future. He's telling them about the future. Listen to this verse from Mark 13. Jesus said to him, Okay, whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, Do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time. For it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. Like, isn't that incredibly encouraging? I mean, what does that say about God? And, and, And just how much he knows us. He knows that hopefully none of us are ever dragged, you know, before a court or like what these guys are going through. But he knows that there's gonna be so many times as we step out to be disciples, to, you know, to, to step into what Jesus is doing and to follow him, there's gonna be so many times where we're like, I don't have a clue what to say, right? I don't know what I'm gonna do in this situation. And it's just so awesome to me that he's, he's, he's got it all covered. He hasn't just invited us into a, you know, to this task. He's like more than equipped us to do it and I you know the picture I get is you know when John and Peter are booted out of the temple uh, you know uh, a little later on in the story and, you know and they're sort of running down the street looking back you know thankful that they got away and it's to get around the corner I'm sure they're both like oh you know they're just wore out emotionally after what they've gone through and I'm sure the picture I get is Peter or John looks at Peter and he goes dude because John was a surfer if you study into it he was dude dude that was awesome right and Peter's going man that, I don't know where that came from. I just stood there. I was shaking in my, my sandals, and I'm standing there. And I open my mouth, and whoa, this just comes flying out of me. You know, even as I'm saying it, I'm like, I, don't, I, I didn't know I knew that. You know, it's like this, all this stuff is coming out. He's like, this, that was so awesome. And, you know, what we see in this is, is that, uh, you know, Peter's response. Right, Him, just the Spirit of God speaking through him, and just, whoa. It literally stunned these religious leaders into silence. Like these guys, they're not used to being, you know, uh, talked to like this. It says in verse 13, as they're looking at Peter and John, when they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. They were just flabbergasted. Like, like, who are these guys? And isn't that I mean, I love that verse. They were unschooled and ordinary. Like, I don't know about you, but that's super, uh, super encouraging, because that tells me, when God's picking his team, he's not just looking for the elite. Really what he's looking for is He's looking for the willing. Are you willing? Hey, come over here. Are you willing? Right, that's, that's, that's what he's looking for. And you know, uh, the sense I have today is that there are people here that the enemy has used authority figures in your life, like uh, parents, teachers, bosses. He's used them to literally beat you down, intimidate you down, to wear you down, to where you're sitting there. You may be, right now, you may be thinking this. I've got nothing to offer. And you know what I love about the ways of God is that the Holy Spirit is not limited by the tool in His hand. Because He's the Holy Spirit. Well, really, the only thing that, that, that I think limits the Holy Spirit is, is if we're not willing to get in the game. Right? But what He's looking for, it's not the elite. It's, it's, he's, he's looking for anyone who's willing to say, yeah, yeah, I'll follow you. And you know, and It says that uh, uh, they're unschooled, ordinary men, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And what those accusers didn't realize that these men, Peter and John, they hadn't just been with Jesus, but right there, right in that moment, they were still with Jesus. Or really, more accurately, Jesus was still with them. Now, he wasn't standing right beside them, but he was in them. The Spirit of God was in them. And you know... Um, I don't know about you, but I even when I say that, I, when I think about that whole thing of the Holy Spirit living in me, I just find that such a mystery. I mean, well, shouldn't I feel different? I mean, shouldn't I have a deeper voice? Shouldn't I sound like James Earl Jones? I mean, shouldn't we all, even the women, right? But, but here's the thing. <laughs> Write that down in your notes. That may be on the test. But you know, maybe I've read too many science fiction f- books. But here's, the, here's how I get this in mind. Here's how I... When I think about the spirit of God living in me, this is how I picture it, right? Think of Jesus. Think of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, right? Think of all the stories about Jesus—how just how he lived his life, what he said to people, what he how he treated people—that you know the things that uh, you know, healing people, casting out demons, like just miracles, all the stuff that Jesus did, right? Think of all those things. Well, now that you know the spirit of God living us, living in us. Now, what it means is that same Jesus, that that we see in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that same Jesus is living inside us, and we're the host. We're the host, and what you saw him do in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he just wants to continue doing all those things, and now he wants to do it through you and through me. It's the same Jesus living in us, and and see, this is so important for us to really think about and meditate on, because... If you look at God's plans, God's invitations for you through the lens of who you think you are or what you think you're capable of, you'll never get off the bench. Does that make sense? If you're looking at, like, I mean, as, as I was working on my message this week, I was thinking about how if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit literally stirring and encouraging and leading, we, would, we wouldn't live in the States right now we would still be back in Western Canada and I'd be, you know, a disgruntled uh, government employee, right? <laughs> I totally, you all, oh, I wouldn't be pretty. But you know what? Because I remember when we came here and we interviewed down at Vineyard Columbus, I remember, you know, great man of faith, I was kneeling by the bed in the hotel and I remember saying, please don't send us here, right? That was my honest prayer. Because I, what I said was, this is so much bigger than me. I don't even... It's like, it's like a mountain. I don't even know where I would start. This is so beyond me. And God's like standing there going, boy, you don't know half of it. <laughs> this is way more beyond you than you think, right? But, <laughs> but here's, a, here's a scripture mashup, right? I'm trying to connect with the younger people. John 15, 5, Matthew 19, 26. Jesus says, apart from me, you, us, we can do nothing. But with me, all things are possible. See, that's the lens we need to learn to look through in this life, right? Whether it's for healing, like whatever it is, it's without him, I have nothing. With him, we have everything. And I look at this room right now, and I know so many, and I just go, the potential in this room is just off the charts, right? The Holy Spirit in you, in your sphere, the people you know, the people you come in contact in, whatever, however it is God wants to use you, the potential in this room is just staggering of the people that could be impacted through you. But again, if, if we don't really, you know, constantly daily remind ourselves, it's the Spirit of God in me. That's the power to do what God's given me to do. If, we try to, if you try to do it on your own, You know, good luck to you. And what Luke drives home in this this story with Peter is he makes it so clear that Peter's boldness, Peter's words, they're from the Holy Spirit living inside him. So let's let's keep going here. How do the religious leaders respond? We're going to jump ahead a little bit uh, to verse 18. They weren't impressed. And they say this, verse 18. Then they called them, the religious leaders called them back in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And here goes Peter again. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. And after further threats, further intimidation, there's the enemy trying to shut them down. They let them go. They could not decide how to punish them because all the people were praising God for what had happened. So Peter and John leave, and what do they do? I mean, can you imagine what they've gone through? They pray for this guy, you know, they take a risk, and the guy is healed, and there's just this massive gathering of the people of the temple. People, or Peter gets up and preaches again, and all these people, you know, believe and say yes, and, and then they're dragged into jail, and they're dragged before these guys, and, they're, you know, the Holy Spirit just roars through Peter, and, they're, and now they're threatened, don't you dare, you, you know, you shut your mouth, you stop doing what you're doing, and it's like, what do they do now? They've gone through this. What are, where are they going to go? What are they going to do? And, and here's what I, what I, the point I'm going to end off with. And this is number three. Uh, here's how they carry on from this point. Number three is this. Living like we're on the winning team. Okay, living like we're on the winning team. Here's what I mean. Uh, verse, verse 23 says this. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. And let's just stop there. You know, it's so interesting to me that the first thing that Peter and John do after all that they've been through and after this, you know, the final threats of the leaders, the first thing they do is they go right back to their community. They go right back to their church, to this gathering of believers, to this, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, the picture I get is a team that's, you know, on the playing field, the team is being, the, the other team is coming on strong and really pushing them back on their heels. What do teams typically do? You see it all the time in sports. Timeout, we need to regroup, right? Coach calls them in, now remember who you are, he gathers them together as a team and and, and, you know, I can still uh, hear this. I was down at Vineyard Columbus for like eight years, and we would, every service down there, we would end, we would hold hands. Uh, you know, everyone would hold hands. And I can still hear uh, Rich Nathan would say as we do that the Christian life is not to be lived alone, right? <laughs> Please don't post that. <laughs> I, I want Rich on my good side, okay? But you know what? I I, every weekend, every service, Rich would say that, and I loved it because I thought we can't hear that enough. The Christian life is not to be lived alone. We need each other. See, is it any wonder that the enemy pushes back, don't go? And he he gives you 20 reasons why you shouldn't go, right? Don't go to small group. Don't be part of a church because you know what he knows is that if you come here, you're going to be encouraged in your faith. When you come here, the, the schemes and the attacks of the enemy are going to be exposed. And as, you, you know, as we gather together in the worship, as the Spirit of God is moving among us, and the message as the Spirit of God and truth is just rolling around the room, and as we pray for one another and talk with one another, we'll be able to say to each other, wait a minute. That's not, you know, God's not against you. That's the enemy attacking you. You're sick right now or whatever it is. That's not God. He's not against you. He's for you. See, the enemy knows that when we gather together, truth reigns. And truth is just rolling all around the room. And he doesn't want you to be here, to be encouraged. So, so, so Peter and John, they come through that. The first thing they do is they go back to their community and they gather together. And, and in the face of these threats, they pray this amazing prayer. And I want you to pray this with me. This is Acts 24, uh, uh, verse 24. Okay, read out loud. You can read on the screens, okay? let's Together, here we go. This is what they prayed. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided. You're still reading beforehand. Should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I pray a prayer like that every day. No, I'm joking. I mean, that's what a prayer. That's such an amazing prayer. But you know what we see in this? And this is where I'm talking about the winning team. They gather together in the face of these threats. They remind one another, yep, we're a team, but don't forget we're on the winning team, right? I love that their prayer starts off. It doesn't start off with, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, right? Their prayer starts off with, sovereign Lord, let's, let's just get everything into perspective here. You are the supreme power over the heavens and the earth which you created in the first place. Right, and then they go into this this prophecy from Psalm 2 where they're talking about, Lord, long ago you prophesied that this would happen, that there was gonna be pushback, there was gonna be opposition to Jesus. You knew this was gonna happen, and and better yet, I love verse 28 where they say, they, you know, these opposers, they did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Not only, God, did you know this was gonna happen, you're using the enemy to fulfill your plans you are so above this you're so you know you are so in control it's like they remind each other that yep we're in a battle but we're on the winning team look at our captain look at who we're following he's there's just no one like him he's the strong i mean he's got all this under control you know again i'm convinced that's why the enemy doesn't want you to read your bible He doesn't want you to to open the Bible and read the truth about who God is and how awesome He is and how strong. He doesn't want you to read the stories, all these stories through the Old and New Testament where God saves the day, where God steps in in impossible situations. Like The enemy doesn't want those truths rolling around your mind, stirring your faith. I'm convinced that's why he doesn't want you to to worship. He doesn't want you to open your mouth and sing. Because, you know, think of the songs in the radio. I turn on and there's songs from... What's classic rock now, which is bizarre from the 80s, right? Classic rock, 80s. I'm like, that's not classic rock. 60s is classic rock. No, now the 80s is classic rock. But the the 80s, I mean, (laughs) the songs, songs come on that I haven't heard in years and years and years. And I'm singing along with them. Right? See, the enemy knows that if you sing these songs, so much of what we sang today was scripture. He knows that if you sing along, you're going to memorize these songs. they're going to be rolling around your heads. And it won't just be stats from last night's game. You're going to have truths about God. You're going to be encouraged in your face, so he's going to fight against that. Okay, so how do they respond? And I love this in their prayer. How do they respond to the enemy's threats? Was it, you know, now, Lord, consider their threats, and please make them stop, right? Please get us out of here, right? What do they say? Now, Lord, uh. Verse 29, now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. I mean, there's, just, there's no retreat in their prayer, is it? I mean, what I see in that prayer is, yep, yeah, we're in a fight. This side of heaven, we're in a fight. But we're not alone in this fight. We have the Spirit of God. We have all that we'll ever need. And I just see them, it's, so, it's sort of like far from a tree. It's like, you know, sh- sh- let's do this, right? I think mean, that's what I, I mean, and, and we need to remind ourselves, this wasn't like a super breed of human beings. This was men and women just like you and me. Just, just like us. And can you imagine like, I don't know about you, but as I read that prayer and I, and I just think of their, you know, these people, their response to the opposition and their faith and their trust and like, no way, we're following you. Let's do this. That is so inspiring to me, right? This week as I've been studying, I've just been, I've just been going over and over, Lord, that's what I want to be like, right? I just, I mean, I don't think I'm alone in this, but it doesn't take a lot of opposition to put me back on the bench. Like, okay, okay, was that a, you know, a little gust of wind? Okay, I'm going to sit down, right? A little pushback. I'm amazed at how weak I am. And it's like, Lord, I want to I be more like that, right? Could you imagine the, the, the impact we'd have in our spheres if, if, if that was the attitude we took each day in the midst of, of, you know, like just, what day is today? Sunday. So tomorrow morning you're going to get up and you're going to go to work or you're going to go to school or you're going to go about your routine. To have it, Lord, yep, I'm in a battle. I'm aware, I'm not afraid, I'm aware, I'm in a battle. But Lord, I'm also filled with the Holy Spirit. So let's let's do this. Stretch out your hand, Lord, use me today. Let me see your power. Let me let me, you know let me you you know, like 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 these brothers and sisters of old, you know, uh, let's do this. And And you know, I don't know if you're like this, but when you hear that, you go, yeah, that sounds great but I don't know if that's realistic, right? And, and, I, and, I, and I feel like Luke somehow knew that we would get to that spot in the story because, again, that response that a lot of us are having right now, that's because we're looking at our past, we're looking at our present, maybe we're, you know, we're looking at our future and we're going, I just don't see how that's possible, right? You're looking through the long, wrong lens. You're looking through the lens of what, who you think you are. And, and what you think you're capable of. And I love how Luke, and you know, after this amazing prayer, he says in verse 31, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. And it's like Luke is saying, really, all through Acts, Luke is saying, don't forget people of God. Don't forget the source for what God's called you to do. On your own, you can do nothing, but with him, you You can do anything. So why don't we stand up? (laughs) Feel free to blow your nose. Uh. (laughs) So all week as I was preparing, I've had these two words just all week rolling through my mind. And the two words are this, kingdom dreams, kingdom dreams. Dreams, and I was like, you know, I was just praying, saying, "Lord, that sounds like a sounds like an old Yes album." But throwing that out to some of our, okay, maybe not, okay. But I thought, well, what does that mean? And I and I felt like the Lord said that today, there's people here that He has literally, uh, He's planted seeds in your heart, kingdom dreams. And for many, it was when you were a little boy, or or a little girl, or maybe it was when you were a teenager. And it may have happened, you know, two months ago or 20 years ago. But I just had this picture of God dropping these seeds into people's hearts. And really, it was, it was seeds of, uh, the picture I had is when he did it, was like, this is what you're made for. This is what I made you for. And there's all these kingdom dreams that have been planted in our hearts. And I felt like he said that, but the enemy, who's smart, has been attacking that, those very dreams because he doesn't want them to happen. Cause he he knows if you and I step into what God has made us for, it's going to be great kingdom impact, and and so he's just been banging and banging and intimidating and wearing you down. And the sense I had today was the Lord wants us to bless those kingdom th- dreams, those things that even now are going through your mind, that 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 are dormant, or that you think are are long gone. And I just see the Lord say, I just saw him whoosh, brushing this off and saying, no, I'm I'm I'm. I'm, uh, uh, how do I put that? Shoot, where are my notes? I'm, I want to reinstate this, right? I want to re-invite you into this. So if that's you, we want to pray for you. We want to bless you. Uh, we also want to pray for uh, people who today, you're weary from opposition. You're trying, it's like, Lord, I'm just, it's just so, it's a, well, really, it's, it's the word Becky had today. I'm trying to follow you. I'm trying to walk with you. But I, I'm just feeling so wore down. And the Lord wants to encourage you and, and refresh you today. Because the truth is, I mean, and even now I feel it. He's a proud papa looking at you. Son, daughter, you're, you're weary because you're in the game. Like, way to go. You're in the game. Let me refresh you today. We want to we pray for you. And then there was um, one other thing. And I, uh, just physically, uh, we want to pray for, well, anyone that's sick, we want to pray for you. Anyone that has pain in your body, we want to pray for you. But the two things that one was from last night, and I want to we'll do it again today, was for headaches. If you have headaches, you know, sci- like whatever, from little ones to big ones. We want to pray for you. And then joints. I just kept having this picture of joint pain and joint issues. So if any of those words apply to you, we want to bless kingdom dreams. Or if you're weary, we want, God wants to encourage you or any of the physical ones. Just come on now, Adam's gonna lead us in a song. Uh, you know the drill, come on up, we wanna pray for you and bless you. And let's just make sure as people come forward that there's someone to pray for everybody. So just come on up and then we'll end off the service. And make sure as people come forward, let's have folks come up and, and pray and bless them. And ask them, just quickly say, what are you responding for? You know, Kingdom dreams, don't get into a long conversation. Just as they come forward say, just you know, bless it or pray for healing or whatever. So we're gonna need lots of prayers so that's, if you're not coming forward, you're deputized. So just take a look, and let's make sure everyone is getting prayed for. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit we still need lots of prayers, men and women. you Church with joy over. That's our prayer, just what we're singing, that you would just come and, and fill your church. Lord, just come and heal, come and encourage, come and give wisdom. Come and and we do, we just, I pray that you just, uh, just bring to life again the dreams that you've given us, what you've made us for. Lord, and I pray... That you would uh, you'd wake us up from our slumber. That this, this story this the story of the Bible, the story of a God who's you know here to rescue people and to uh, uh, just to to uh, uh, rescue people from the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. Just this all that we see through the Bible that this isn't just some fairy tale, but it's more it's 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 more real than I think we could even imagine, Lord. And you want to do it through us filled with your spirit you want to work through us and i did i pray or even this week that you would wake us up even more to the truth that we'd see our lives we'd see you know uh our neighbors just it just we'd see people uh through this lens of you wanting to work through us to point someone to jesus to introduce someone to you lord i pray that increasingly we would be a church we'd be a gathering of people who are in the game Lord, filled with the spirit of God trusting you for the, whatever we need in, in, in whatever circumstance that we would be a people who are right smack dab in the middle of the game Lord so we thank you for all that you're doing this morning and all that you have planned for us this week I pray that as we get back into the busy routine that you would just remind us again that the key to all of this is, is filled with the Holy Spirit Lord, you are the source. You are the promised power that that will uh, to help us do and be uh, what you've called us to do and be. So thank you for this morning. Thank you for each family that's represented here. We just pray a blessing over each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you're getting prayer, feel free to continue. The rest of you, uh, thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed the service and. Uh, There's lots of sign-ups out in the lobby. Please check it out. If you're a visitor, I'd love to meet you in the uh, visitor's welcome. We've got a gift for you. But bless you uh, and enjoy the rest of the day.